we really have to come to the place where we can lift that up to him and say, I messed up and you covered me for this. I'm sorry, take my sin and make me whole again. And walking forward knowing that he is there giving you grace and you're gonna face these challenges. Life as a mom can be really hard and it can seem like we have nothing left to pour out. I'm Tina and I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. Join me as we talk about God's purpose in our marriage and motherhood. Though at times those feelings of inadequacy can be overwhelming, there is so much joy to be had in the ordinary if we just take a few moments to find it. As much as I try to avoid the reality, I know anger is something that I struggle with. For me, it usually comes in the form of passive aggressive comments directed to my kids, letting them know about my disappointment. Maybe it looks different for you. Today, I am happy to talk to Natalie Hickson. Natalie helps discouraged and burnt out Christian moms overcome destructive anger so that they can enjoy being a wife and mom. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. Would you mind taking just a little bit of time to introduce yourself, give a little bit of who you are before we jump into why you're here? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So I am a Christian life coach. I live in Montana with my high school sweetheart. <laughs> um, we have three girls, 18, 15, and 11, trying to, we're almost 15 there. <laughs> um, yeah, and we just just working through the, the mom life scenarios. We talked a little bit before we started, huh? Like mm-hmm. um, our oldest is about to head off to college and away from us very far away into Tennessee. And um, yeah, I just, I see the fruit of what we're going to talk about today. I see the fruit um, in watching my oldest leave our home. Um, I feel like she's very equipped. I feel like from where we started (laughs) to where we are now, the Lord has done so much restoration and um, just a beautiful, it's a beautiful story of redemption, the relationship with my kids and me. And um, to be at this point is super crazy, awesome, and exciting. And um, yeah, no regrets looking back. Just thankful for the challenges that the Lord has brought me through to be able to talk to you about what we're going to talk to you, uh, talk mm-hmm. about today and, and help the other moms that I've talked to. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to just jump right into your story? I have a feeling that we're going to be able to relate a lot. <laughs> sure. So what I'm mainly coaching moms through is destructive anger and burnout. And um, it starts with my story where I grew up in a home where anger was processed through yelling and slamming doors, um, just very reactive, loud, and scary, right? Um, That's what I learned when it came to dealing with anger. And fast forward to um, getting married, I married someone who's not like that. He had an opposite experience growing up. Um, They more so actually 
were quiet. They avoided conflict. And so when we first got married and we're living together for the first time, we're like, I'd be screaming at him and he'd just be sitting there quiet. And I can remember being like, why aren't you yelling back at me? And he's like, it's not what I do, you know, <laughs> just like, oh. Um, so I started to notice at that point that, oh, this is different. This is, you know, probably maybe this isn't okay. And, I, and you know, in your rage, you, of course, get those feelings like something's not right. But I didn't know, you know, it wasn't until I actually moved in with someone who that's not at all how they process. It's more of, well, how do I process like he processes? So I'm not seeing this way. Um, but I didn't know there's a way to do anything about it. Right. So I really chalked it up to Scottish Irish history, blood, um, and of course, how I was raised. Fast forward to bringing our first Enya home. Um, she, when she was about two years old, things, that's when things really started to um, reach a point with me. You would literally see both of us on the floor throwing tantrums. I'd be screaming at her. She'd be screaming at me. Um, I am not at all proud of this, but I really need to make sure that when I, when I share this, it is because I want to reach those people who are experiencing this type of behavior. I do not whatsoever condone it. <laughs> um, but I was very abusive with her. I would leave bruises on her arms. I would spank her too hard. Um, I would scream in her face. I would belittle her. Um, I would walk away from her in times where she still needed me to be there. Um, you know, just, it was very, very scary and abusive. And at that time, I knew every instance when those things would happen. And, and this would happen with my husband too. I was physically abusive with him, um, berating him, screaming at him. Um, I knew these were okay responses, but I didn't know that there was a way to fix it. And so I just would hide it. I didn't want anybody to know because that's embarrassing. And I was also afraid that someone would take my kids away from me, right? Or my daughter. And so um, I just felt hopeless and just thought, you know, I'll just keep praying, beating myself into submission, you know, mentally and keep going. So we fast forward a few more years, brought her sister Sky home. And I can remember a time when I was nursing her. And Mike was trying to put Enya to bed and Enya's tantrums by this point are just epic, right? Cause she doesn't know how to deal with it. She's learning from me and, and all the things. So I'm sitting here nursing the door shut and I just scream at the top of my lungs. I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I'm like, shut up to Enya. And of course I don't even think she could hear me. Right. <laughs> but um, Sky stops nursing and she looks up at me in this tiny little infant face and she just horrifically like starts crying. She's scared. And I'm like, something has to change. We cannot keep going down this route. And at that point, I'm thinking, Enya, if Enya stops her tantrums, we won't get, I won't get so upset. Right. So I took Enya to a, a therapist uh, and she observed Enya and she talked to me and Mike, and then she met with us alone. And she said, you know, Enya is a perfectly normal kid for her age and development. And I was like, yeah, well, you don't see her at home though. And she's like, I don't need to see her at home. But what I do want to see is you in my office, Natalie. So she just, you know, the God used her to be very direct. <laughs> and so, um, it was hard to hear. 
but deep down inside, I felt really relieved that someone was saying, there's hope. We can help you. Um, four years of therapy. It was actually psychoanalysis um, therapy. I learned a lot about my history, a lot about myself, um, some of the things about myself. But, you know, and I'm going to just stop for a second and say it was actually a clarity call that I just did today. It's funny how the Lord just puts these little pieces in my head as I continue to grow on my journey. But um, something that this gal had said resonated with me and like, oh, my word. Yeah, I don't tell I didn't tell my therapist just how abusive it was. You know, and this person was saying they were afraid to say they're afraid to tell their therapist mm-hmm. anything because what if they take their kids away? Right. And I was in the same boat. I was afraid to tell my therapist just how bad it was at home, because if she knew she'd take my kids away from me. And so I was never able to fully be honest in that. Um, but I left therapy, you know, again, it got the precipice going. It was my precipice. It got me started on my my journey of overcoming and, and growing and learning more. But I left therapy still screaming at my kids. And so um, as I continued to, to grow on my journey, there was different things that I experienced through business and personal growth and just growing in the Lord. And there's just pieces to that. There's no real like one thing. It was just mm-hmm. a combination of trying to walk forward and learning how do I overcome this. Um, so I went through life coaching school, Christian life coaching school, and they taught me how to listen and they taught me how um, a lot about patterns and how we think and, and just, you know, you learn a lot there. And after I left their or coaching school, um, I just started a regular trying to do a practice. It wasn't working. I was trying to help moms just organize life in general. Um, It was too broad, too general, right? And so about the time I was ready to just throw in the towel on coaching altogether, I had a friend who I was at a little business mastermind with, and and we talked about our stories, our mom anger stories. And she was like, girl, you've got to get on my podcast and talk about this. I was like, okay. So I got on her podcast and we talked about, you know, kind of some of the stuff we'll talk about today. I've learned a lot more since then. Um, And it, that is when mom started calling, Hey, I won't help with this. And it was actually through coaching moms, you know, from then to where I'm at today that I learned so much more about how to help moms work through this, you know, and what it looked like. I'll tell you in the beginning, I felt like such a fraud because I was, you know, I was in a better place for sure. I wasn't in that as abusive, but I was still not in like a great place yet. Right. And, um, and even to this day, I will still lose it with my kids and we'll get there. We're going to talk about that in a minute and, and what that looks like and, and how we work through this. But, um, yeah, so that's just where the Lord has led me to, um, help moms connect and, and just like, again, that girl I talked to this morning, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to anybody else. I heard your story. And that's why I'm on here telling people, you know, the scary truth behind closed doors, right? Because there's so many moms out there thinking that they're the only one or that nobody is experiencing this. Or, you know, we look at the world around us and, and think, oh, you know, look at social media. They don't get mad at their kids. There's no way they scream at their mm-hmm. kids. I can't tell you how many people when they finally heard the truth of my story were like, how you, there's no way you get that angry, right? Like, because I appear to be such a calm and and fun loving person, right? But behind closed doors, it was scary. But I will tell you just because it's a great way to kind of, 
um, show you where, where I'm at today is with the kids, the relationship, especially with Enya, who knows the story, she knows the abuse, is very open with her about it. Um, our relationship today is, is beautiful. It's God mm. has absolutely restored and redeemed, and he has helped me learn through my journey and, and given me the ability to help my kids and model this to my kids that we are, of course, not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to lose it on people. Um, you know, even my husband gets, there's a point where he will, he can snap, right? <laughs> so we all can get to a place where we can be destructive in some form or another. Um, but there is a way to work through it in a healthier way with our kids, have conversations, healthier conversations, communicate more. And if we do lose it, how do we recover that relationship and actually make it better? And um, again, I feel extremely blessed and, and grateful that my oldest leaving for college this next fall is going to be equipped in a place where she knows how to process some of these things. And if anything ever comes up, she knows she can come back to me and say, mom, this came up for me. And I think it stems from when I was little and what happened, you know, can we talk about it? hundred percent, you know, having that ability to, to communicate. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So when I first heard your story, what initially crossed my mind is, well, you know, I'm not there, you know, that's, that's not my thing. Right. But then you know, thinking about it it just looks different, right? Like um, the way that maybe you allow anger and frustration to build up, it might not look the same for me because there are different different ways that, that anger manifests itself, right? I mean, like you said, your husband grew up in a family where they just didn't deal with it. So we have mm -hmm. the silent treatment and um, different stuff like that. I know that mine tends to look more like a pity party, I guess, you know, where um, obviously our three boys and their complete disregard for the clean house that I have given them <laughs> or, or that I am attempting to maintain. It is not, yeah. it is just so everybody knows it is not perfect. <laughs> oh, we definitely live here. Um, but when I, when I, think I've put in so much work and they're just coming in and ruining it all. I I do let them know that they've disappointed me. And so like, um, yeah, yeah it's there. It's there. The difference, like, first of all, the difference between destructive anger and healthy anger. And then the difference between passive aggressive anger and reactive anger. Mm -hmm. Like, yes. <laughs> but it's there. Like, and we all it's have there. our different forms of anger. Mm -hmm. But as you also said, not it's it's not necessarily something that somebody else is going to even have a clue about right because we are just so good at putting on a facade we mm -hmm. walk into church and we're happy we go you know we go over to somebody's house and everything's great somebody says how are you doing and we just spout off oh i'm great how are you like it's just it's we we know what to say it's all yeah, yeah it's all not, we not know how to protect fake, ourselves, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. And what are these different ways that, that we can see anger then? Yeah. So I, again, talk about destructive anger, healthy slash normal anger, right? 
Um, let's back up a little bit to the, the fact that we all experience anger, right? It is a normal emotion. We have these five very core emotions. Some people like to say throw shock in there. I don't really throw shock in. Shock's kind of, to me, one of those things that happens before the actual emotion kind of sets in. So I'm not scientific there, but that's how I view it. But we've got joy, disgust, fear, sadness, and anger, right? And a lot of times... Um, it's just all from that movie. That's just the first oh, thing I can hey. think of is Inside Out. <laughs> my daughter is. painted me an ang- Mr. Angry. <laughs> Sits in, in my office. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and And so a lot of times we'll bypass sadness, disgust, and um, fear and go straight to anger because anger is the place where we feel like we can protect ourselves. We can use it to um, make a point or, you know, control. We, We feel like we can control the situation with anger. So we often will bypass those other three. In fact, when I take my clients through my program, one of the first things they have to do is how do you experience each different emotion? And every time we get on a call after their homework, they're like, that was really difficult for me. (laughs) I've never really sat down to think about disgust, you know, and so, and how that I process that. And anyway, so those negative emotions are very uncomfortable, but it feels productive to get angry and reactive. So that's, you know, we're kind of starting there, but when we're looking at actual anger, when you're frustrated, you might raise your voice, you might get irritated, your mom voice comes out, you might stomp your foot or, you know, put your fist on the counter, maybe even slam a door. That's all what I consider pretty normal mom or human anger, right? We we have these physical reactions to each emotion. When we're happy, sometimes we giggle, we smile, sad, we might cry, fear, we get sweaty, our heart beats. Um, disgust. We we have a physical like, ugh, you know, gross or seriously, you know, why would we expect us not to have any physical reaction with anger? So I just like to say it's okay to have that physical rea- reaction, right? It's okay to need to do something with it. What's not okay is when we use that physical um, energy to hurt somebody else with it, right? So we don't want to throw things at people, hit people, slam a door in someone's face, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's normal to have a feeling or reaction. And in, in mom life, we sometimes have to use that sharp tone or raise our voice to get their attention. And that's okay. But what happens is in the destructive world is where we start using force. Um, so again, screaming in rage, we kind of check out. I remember checking out and coming back to and going, what did I just do? And in that time, you know, whether we're screaming or not, we can be belittling and threatening right? Um, Whoever we're upset with. We can physically hurt, spank too hard, abuse, squeeze too hard, um, roughly move our kids, pushing them to the point where they get hurt. Um, I can remember slamming a door so hard in, in Enya's room that her mirror fell off and broke, crashed, right? So these type of behaviors, it's too much. And that's where the destructive is. We're using that, that behavior to hurt the relationship and control the relationship instead of just, you know, stop and, and work through what's going on for us. But we'll get to that in the moment in a minute. So then we have the passive aggressive behaviors. Again, some of that would include belittling um, and threatening, but there's silent treatments. There's just immediately turning around, walking off. Um, 
I experienced like the whole realm. And I think a lot of us do. There's some things that will trend towards in the other. Um, I can remember just automatically shutting down, wouldn't say a thing to my husband, grab my car keys and wheel out of the driveway. Right. And it was back when Enya was just a baby or pre pre Enya. And I didn't have a phone and he didn't know where I was at. Right. And I would drive around for hours. Um, and then there's also the snide comments, the um, jokes that aren't jokes. They're actually meant to hurt. Um, so there's a lot of like this, I think I said silent treatment already, but that kind of behavior that can go on and also letting our kids, you know, feel like you're not good enough because you made me angry. Right. So that's where I define the two destructive and, and more normal, healthy type anger um, processing uh, between the two. Is there any way that you would recommend that maybe we could involve family or friends in in helping us process this? I know with with our boys, we've um, well actually through our our experience with foster care, um, mm-hmm. along with our boys, um, we realized that sometimes naming emotions can be really difficult. And so understanding, first of all, what are we feeling and why are we feeling that and talking through it can be really good. So do you have a way that you um, would say is good to encourage friends or family as we try to work through these big emotions of anger? Mm -hmm. So part of it is, you know, if you're comfortable enough having the conversation saying, you know what, I've really been struggling with this. And one thing I'll actually do with my clients is we'll kind of look through their family history a little bit. And if they're comfortable talking to their parents or siblings about what it was like growing up and, you know, kind of reaching back to those patterns. Um, But also, you know, checking in with siblings or something, are you experiencing this too? Or, you know, so there can be a, a definite accountability. My mom and dad were really helpful. We lived next when it was so bad with Enya. We actually lived next door to my parents. And I can remember having to actually call my mom and say, mom, can you come get her? Because I think I'm going to hurt her if you don't, um, like really bad in a really dangerous way. And so she would come over and she, you know, my mom was the same way. She didn't know how to help me. She knew I was struggling um, and she didn't want to tell anybody either because it's like, what would happen, right? So definitely if you can, you're comfortable and confident to talk to somebody else about it and, and get encouragement for sure. One thing I like to talk about is how do we deal with, first of all, when we're angry in the heat of the moment, um, how to process that, and then what do we do after we have lost it? And it's a really good conversation to have with our immediate family, our kids and our husband, so we can get on the same page and start to work towards these things together. So sit and pray is what I teach. It's stop, inhale, tune in, and pray. So the S-I-P, and then pray. Um and, and it's a, if you shorten it up and go sit and pee, then it's a good trigger to go, I should go to the bathroom right now because I'm really upset. And most people aren't going to tell you you can't go to the bathroom, right? So if you're upset, you just, I got to go to the bathroom, right? Or you can say to your kids or your husband, right now, I need to, we need to separate because I feel, as soon as you start to feel that frustration, right? We want to work through triggering our mind to go breathe, tune in, which I'll talk about in a second separate if possible, right? And then of course, pray if we can. So 
um, separating, that's stopping, removing yourself from the situation if possible to another room, bathroom. Um, that's a big step. Sometimes we can't do that. So just trying to get that mini reset, right? So we start inhaling. As soon as you're upset, start taking those deep breaths. That resets your nervous system. Um, so it starts to get you a little bit more calm. It's calming down the physical energy. And then tuning in. Something that we may have not grown up with was the, the idea that it's okay to feel angry. It's okay that we're angry. Um, I know even in the Christian culture, anger has really been kind of touched on as a sin, right? Anger is not a sin. What we do with our anger is where we can sin or not, right? Again, raising your voice at your kids, that's not a sin. Raising your voice at your kids and telling them they're a terrible kid, that's a sin, right? It's like that's kind of the, the simple example there. Um, so tuning in saying, it's okay that I'm angry right now. Anybody be angry right now. It's frustrating to tell my kid to pick up his room 15 times and not listen. I need to, to calm down, right? <laughs> and it's okay that I'm angry and, and frustrated. And then, you know, sending up a prayer, Lord, I'm frustrated right now. I want to work through this in a productive way, not a destructive way. Can you please help me think clearly here or help me see, you know, what I need to, to work through this. Um, so that's, that's the simplified, what do you do in the heat of the moment, right? We want to work on um, calming down and how do we get to that point though? Sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, that's great. I heard this on a podcast, but how do I use this? At? You know, it sounds like so much work. Um, try implementing it in a big way if you can. Try it, like just set your a goal. Okay, I'm gonna try sit three times this week and I'm like the big set. I'm gonna remove myself, I'm gonna breathe, I'm gonna tune in, I'm gonna pray. And then there's gonna be times where you might be driving or you're in a situation at the store with the kids, you know, and you're just kind of like trying to do the chain reaction. Okay, all right, tune in. Just keeping yourself in a mental place where you're aware. What happens when we're really upset and we allow our, that energy just to keep building on itself? We get to the place where we check out and we start saying things and doing things because we're so angry, we want to control it, we want the other person to know how mad we are um, and disappointed we are. And so by trying to keep ourselves in this sit place, we're, we're staying in a healthier mental level, right? Um, but I have something for your audience, it's called the trigger tracker. And um, through, through the trigger tracker, they can take these common triggers or big triggers that aren't common, and they can sit down and process. What was I angry about? Why was I angry? What was going on for me? What was going on for them? What do I want this to look like in the future? How's a healthier way I could walk through this, right? What, is the, what does the Lord say about a situation like this or an emotion that I'm feeling around this? Um, breaking down our triggers helps us to have more awareness when they happen, right? Because so often, we're running through life, doing all the things, and we don't give any um, respect to what's going on within us and why, right? And so if we just stop and check in and, and start to really break apart some of the things, we can learn a lot about ourselves and, and recognize maybe this isn't such a big deal. You know, maybe I need to eat. I need to eat something at two o'clock. So at three o'clock, I'm not hangry when the kids come home. You know, I'm just, that's simple, but that type of idea, we're really looking for where can we build more awareness around this? 
sit is something I encourage my clients to do before things get big, like before triggering time. What's a triggering time for moms? Typically getting kids out the door, getting the kids home from school, (laughs) and bedtime, right? Or even dinner time. So there's a couple of these times that are typically triggers for moms, right? So let's do a preset before we say it's dinner time, before the kids get home, if we can, before we walk out the, the, our bedroom door in the morning, if possible, right? We just, okay, I'm going to breathe. We'll, we'll try to do this in a, in a health, like a productive way. What, what do I want to do if things go south? How do I want to react in a situation? So we're kind of just preloading how we'd like our behavior to be. So we give ourselves a little bit more of a chance and, and work through it instead of being so shocked at what could happen when it happens, right? So that's really the sit. And then the recovery is going back to our family members, whoever it is, when we're upset, if we've blown it, right? We've screamed at our kiddo, snapped at our husband, going back to them after we've calmed down and saying, hey, you know, it was okay that I was upset, but it wasn't okay with how I treated you. So we want to call out the fact that it's okay that we had an emotion, not okay with how we used our behavior, you know, in that. Um. And then talking, you know, hearing them out, how, what was going on for you? Why were you upset? And listening to them. And if it's our kiddos, it's okay that you were upset. It wasn't okay that you slapped your brother across the face, right? Um, so giving them that ability to recognize the emotions, okay, the action should change, right? And then, you know, if you can or want to, there can be prayer involved and then consequences afterwards. Um, really reserving the consequence if needed for after recovery when everybody's calmed down you can think clearly through the situation so that's you know kind of in a nutshell how i work how i work through you know the triggers working through the heat of the moment and then what happens after and recognizing it's okay if you blow it i don't want you to go out and try to blow it but instead of what happens is moms just sit there in, in such a negative shame guilt spiral right? And we just hold on to it. And what I really go back to is if we sit there and feel bad and really beat ourselves up for everything that we've done that's hurt our children, instead of recovering with our children, or if we've recovered, we're still holding on to that, going back to the Lord and saying, guess what? You know, you're looking up at Jesus on the cross. You're saying, it wasn't enough. What you did wasn't enough because I still need to carry this burden. And we really have to come to the place where we can lift that up to him and say, I messed up and you covered me for this. I'm sorry. Take my sin and make me whole again. And walking forward, knowing that he is there giving you grace and you're going to face these challenges, not just for you, not just for your growth in the Lord, but your kids have to experience these challenges too. Your kids have to see you mess up. Because they need to know how do we mess up and work through this in a healthy way, right? So whenever my clients come to me, I messed up, I blew it. I'm like, sweet. How'd you teach your kids to work through that? Mm-hmm. Right? Because your yeah. kids need to know. They need these tools. If you're perfect all the time now, what what are your kids going to do? How are they going to learn how to work through these things? Right. In a healthy way. Yeah. 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 No, this totally sounds like something that especially with our boys ages five, seven, and nine, like I can, this is something that they could understand too, because I know that just in this last year, I've been trying to work on um, 
actually understanding their emotions, like I said earlier, um, and just validating, hey, I understand that you're angry. I would be upset too, but we can't, you know, like just the validation, like it's okay. I see this, not just telling them don't do that. And so I think, I think this, this sit thing, sit and pray sounds like a great thing that, like you said, I can also take into our whole family, not just Mm -hmm. hold to myself. And then um, just as a note, I super love that you ended it with the pray time just because what a way to, to in, in the routine of it, to mm-hmm. stop and acknowledge who God still is yes. in, in our failings and our brokenness. I yeah. love that. And he wants um, to hear it. He wants to help us, you know? Yeah. And, and that's how we get strengthened going yeah. back to him. It doesn't mean that you're going to leave a sit and not go blow it. Plenty of times I've, I've gone to sit and I come back out and I still blow it. Right. <laughs> Because I didn't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> or like you just yeah. didn't calm down enough or, you know, or, or we're, there's just so much stress. If I blow it now, it's typically a stress situation or a hormone situation mm-hmm. for me. But it's a different experience now than it was 10 years ago. And in working through this, it's, it's interesting because as you continue to process and grow, not as many things are as triggering. You're able to just really get into that. Like sit now is really a just real quick, usually. And there's sometimes, especially, you know, I'm in the teenager years. There's a few times I start to butt head with one of my girls and I'm like, okay, I got to go sit, like really sit right now. <laughs> I'm walking away from this one, you know? And so it's, it's just valuable to take that moment and reset is really what we're doing is, is getting a reset in this, this place. Yeah, so this trigger tracker, it sounds like it's helping you find patterns and situations that obviously trigger. Um, Where can we find the trigger tracker? Yeah, so it is over nataliehickson.com and um, right there on the front page, you can find it there. Thanks again to Natalie for joining me on today's episode. You can find her trigger tracker and all of her information on her website. I will make sure to link over there in the show notes. 